Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ooh, I don't know about you, but I need to refill my Cameron Hughes wine. And you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to reminisce about when Cameron Hughes, the man, the myth, the legend, was here live in studio with us doing a, a tasting. You learned some truths about yourself that oh, day. Oh, he opened up my palate like no man ever has. It's like a George O'Keefe painting. Let's have a flashback. Okay. Um, I also love, can I just say, so I'm, Sharnaker, I love your, oh my God, the uh, bubbly. You have a... Um, Lot 620, non-vintage Sonoma County, Chardonnay that is, or not, excuse me, it's, I know you can't call it champagne. Right, sparkling it's, wine. Okay. Guess how much? 19 fucking dollars, Travis. For, it's a, ex, you can tell it's We're an expensive. We're that price on the radio. It's an expensive bottle of champagne. I know. So, uh, how do you do that? That's like, a, I can tell, I know, I don't have champagne all the time, but that's, a, it's a really nice one. Yeah. It's a really nice bubble. We're selling it direct to you. That's yeah. it. You yeah. know, somebody has a little excess. We only got a couple hundred cases of that. And yeah. when it's gone, it's gone. People yeah. should check it out. Yeah. Um, the rosés. I love the rosés. And you know, it's weird, too, when you think you have a certain palate. I always thought I really only like the pale Provence, mm-hmm. you know, kind right. of styles. And yours, you have one from uh, Oregon, Chehalem, right? Lot uh, 647. You have lot 639 of Rio Um I was surprised. They were both delicious, because and they're like... Because they're purpose-built rosés. $13! Yeah, so much of rosé today is just bleed-off from other right. red wine programs, and it's not purpose-built. We're only purchasing... And and there's lots of people getting into the rosé space. There's a mad rush for real estate there, right? Yeah. Just because it's so popular all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, we've been extremely picky. I can go to any bulk wine broker shelf, and there's hundreds of rosés that are available to guys like me yeah. to purchase. Yeah. Not a one have we touched. Every great rosé has come directly to us just wow. based on our reputation. People go, "Wow. You know, I want to find a home for this where it's treated with respect, right?" And let's see if Cameron's interested. No, I mean, we get tons I, of deals and, and I have another friend who's a, a sommelier and I was like, "No, I don't like that color. I only like the pale." And he's like, "Trust me, try it." I was like, "Oh, so, I mean, that's the thing about you is you know your wine. For a limited time, save up to 15% off with one of the new Radio Mix sampler packs. Plus, receive free shipping. What? CH1.com slash Stephanie or text my name, Stephanie, to 511-511. That's 15% off and free shipping on top of already amazing prices. 
on the new Radio Mix sampler packs. Just text Stephanie to 511511 or go right to chwine.com Stephanie. Okay, Mama has a special happy hour treat for you this week. This is the panel recorded live at Sydney Harmon Hall in Washington, D.C. of Stephanie Miller's Sexy Liberal Blue Wave Tour, the kickoff show with me and John saying and Daryl Hammond. And on panel, Malcolm Nance. Malcolm Nance, I can't find my pants. Mm-hmm. Fernanda Arma. Fernando Mondi. Who had a special announcement. Yes, a big announcement. And Charlie Pierce. And this was after we were drinking wine out of cups backstage. So just a, we were try, We knew this was going to be a happy hour. You're keeping it classy in yeah, D.C. Yeah, we were doing it for America, people. And here it is. Daryl Hammond, get back here. Please welcome John Fugle saying back. Back here, Daryl Hammond. Welcome, John Fugelsang. Back to the stage. Yeah. Here we go. Come on now. I just feel like I want you to get something on my blue dress as a professional. That guy. Yeah, no, you, he doesn't do a Bill, good Bill Clinton impression. If you'd only take your clothes off and let me see you naked, there would be no more racism. I had to say something, right? Jewel, I'm like the worst wacky morning radio DJ making him do his impressions. What would Bill Clinton sound like? Listen, no offense, John Fiegel, saying, Daryl Hammond, we are so honored to have you here. Um, And what I mean is... Mm-hmm. What I mean, John, is no offense to your uh, Donald Trump impression, which is... Oh, I don't really consider my Donald Trump an impression. I, I actually, I can't do it. Daryl does it great. What I do is, uh, well, I mean, I, I toured with Daryl for years. I was his middle, and uh, I couldn't pick up any of his brilliance and wisdom. He's just a gifted man. But uh, what I do is I just cheat. Like, um, my, uh, my, my uh, Mr. Sulu, I kept it. Hikaru Sulu. Warp speed is my Casey Kasem. I cheat. And um, <laughs> my Trump, honestly, there's so many terrible Donald Trump impressions that all mine is really, and I'm ashamed to do this in front of Daryl Hammond. Uh, I work on my Marlon Brando, and I have my Marlon Brando on the back of my, back of my saw palette. They have a lot in common, Brando and Trump. They want to be on an island and be fat and have sex with 15-year-old girls. And then I take my Marlon Brando, and I get him addicted to Adderall. So he's angry Marlon Brando on amphetamines, and then I give him the cold, and it's the perfect storm of Mucus and Brando. It's not really an impression. It's Marlon Brando on Adderall with a cold. Daryl, we're sorry. I think it's great. How many... People have you endured that do Reagan to you, and they think all they have to do is say, well? Well, I mean, they don't know. I mean, they, it means at least they like it. You know, at least... That's how they feel about Reagan. <laughs> they don't know, but they like it. <laughs> You're, you guys are really smart. You're going to... Uh, I'm not that smart, but... I, know, I do the way... I've always studied the way people walk and talk as opposed to what they say when they're doing it. Yeah. I'm from California, so my favorite was uh, when Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ariana Huffington did the debate for governor. 
that you needed a fucking UN headset for. Remember? All of them don't understand. You say that you are for children, but they make about Eli Lilly is making pharmaceuticals for children. And you do not even. Yeah, Ariana, uh, uh, you can move out here to California with me and Maria. You will do me the devil's And everyone was like, what? I think my work is done here. Would you like to meet some sexy liberal friends of mine? Let us welcome the cuddly, the amazing. Do you read the Esquire.com? Do you read the amazing Charlie Pierce? There's only one man now that understands. And that's the author of Idiot America. <laughs> Pierce. Pierce. Charlie Pierce, political columnist for Esquire.com. Why is everybody always laughing with me? <laughs> Hello, Charlie Pierce. What are all these people doing in our living room? <laughs> he wants you all to get all off the lawn. All for a muse of fire. That would ascend the, the brightest, brightest heaven, heaven of, invention. of invention. I'm sorry, I thought we were doing Henry V. Get off Charlie Pierce's fucking lawn. That's what he wants to say. Um, listen, I, Travis said this is like the sexy liberal magic mic tour with all the sexy liberal man meat I have assembled for you. You're welcome. But here comes Democratic pollster, pundit extraordinaire, Fernando Mondi. Hello. Mm-mm-mm. Wish I thought of that. <laughs> I just got a little straighter, I, I and then I thought that, about... I don't know where that hand's been. I got a little straighter, and then I thought about Parchini Pecker again, and I'm like, Pah! Back to being gay. Um, all right, you know, the man, the myth, the legend. What can we say? Plot to hack democracy. Plot to hack America. Nastradamus. Malcolm Nance. Hello, Malcolm Nance. <laughs> this is like sexy liberal Chippendales. How you doing? <laughs> My God, this Malcolm Nance. It's like your basement. There's <laughs> a few more people in the back. Yeah. I hope y'all oh bring God. go nuts. Where do we start? Okay, because you and Charlie Pierce said the same thing today. You were like, this Rod Rosenstein is bullshit. You tweeted, you said, first of all, you were scary on Joy Reid this morning. But you said, I mean, you, Charlie, you, you, oh, Charlie okay. you said the same thing. I called bullshit on this story. This is a plant to try to get him to fire Rosenstein, right? You said the same thing. You were like, you, New York Times, you got played by John Barron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tell me, tell us what you think. Yeah, well, I, I think that's exactly right. That story, and you know, I won't freak you out as much as I freaked myself out this morning on Joy Reid. And here's what's bad. 
I forgot that I did that this morning. <laughs> there was so much crazy news. I, John Fugelsang asked me, he goes, this morning you were on Joy. I go, wasn't that yesterday? <laughs> but that's so, the gaslighting. That's the gaslighting. We have what I call what the fuck fatigue. Like, yeah. yes. Ra- Rachel Maddow. Pardon Ra- was 47 what the fucks ago. Yeah, Rachel Maddow <laughs> just tweeted, stop the news, I want to get off. And- yeah, that's absolutely right. But, you know, back to this New York Times story, it was just so neat and so clean, and it can only end in Rosenstein being fired. On the day that he backs down from declassifying right. intelligence. Right, but you know, the thing is, is that Trump is from New York City. He knows how to play the New York City media. This is John Barron. And the worst part is the New York Times guys came out with like 30 tweets saying, don't freak out, this was reporting and all that stuff. Yeah, and as I was speaking this morning on Joy Reid, I literally was scaring myself as I talked. And then I didn't, I didn't really know how bad it was till somebody retweeted what I had said in three clips. And I was like, man, that guy's scary. That guy's scary. <laughs> I mean, but Charlie, didn't you think the same thing? That you thought like... Oh, I'm, I'm well, terrified of Malcolm. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> You, I, when I asked Malcolm, you to do Malcolm this, you com- said only Malcolm if Malcolm comes on TV, and I'm right to ESPN, man, because I lived through the Cuban Missile Crisis, and I know that when Malcolm Nance shows up, it's time for the missiles to fly. Nobody and they made us, when I was in Catholic school, they made us say Hail Marys, like those were going to stop the missiles. Yeah, but Charlie, in the New York Times op-ed, right? Of course they talked about 25th Amendment. All of us are like, of course they just fucking wire him and do the 25th Amendment. But wouldn't, when you heard this, didn't you go, oh shit, someone's planting this to try to get him to well, fire yeah, him. First, and first, we're in a, boom, we're first in a of all, the, 20, the 25th Amendment is a fantasy because she needs, he needs a majority of the cabinet, including Mike Pence, to, to enact the, fifth, the 25th Amendment. And may I remind you, Betsy DeVos, Ben Carson, uh, I'm not, one, uh, Ryan Zinke. I mean, this is like the Brady Bunch special ed. But, Fernand, th- th- let, let's go to you. This is not the first time the 25th Amendment has been mentioned. Remember in uh, Fire and Fury, Steve Bannon said to Trump, the biggest threat to your presidency is not impeachment, it's the 25th Amendment. And Trump said, what's that? Actually, there's a and bar. We, and we're going to be sexy liberal helpers, Charlie. What we say is, you know what that means, sir? That means there's been too much winning. It's the amendment that says you got to get in the pretty orange jumpsuit now because you can't. There's too much winning officially, and you have to go now. I mean, I, but seriously, this is not a new idea, the 25th Amendment. What's your take on the New York Times? Well, you know, this is, it's both helpful and terrifying because what the administration is doing is they are simply following a playbook and a protocol that has happened all throughout human history, throughout the 20th century, now the 21st century. If you look at democracies that have transitioned into autocracies, there is always a moment when the rule of law or the institutions start to encroach on them and something has to happen to turn the tables. It's the Reichstag fire moment. And that is going to be happening very soon. We are encroaching not only on Mueller time, but on October. And there are going to be multiple October surprises because everyone here is here for the same reason. We know what we have to do on November 6th, right? We have to freaking vote. 
And you know who else knows that? They know. They know what's coming. They see the polls. They see what's going on. So as Malcolm and Charlie and all of us have said, they are going to start manufacturing stuff, and the shit is coming over the next few weeks. That's why we have to stay focused. We have to stay with our eyes on the prize, and it's going to be more than just voting. We're going to have to do a little bit more than that, I think. John, I, uh, oh God, this happy hour is so good. I need to, I just need to take a break and refill my Cameron Hughes wine, right? Is that so what you I did can, backstage at Sexy Liberal DC? Yeah. What'd you have? Well, I'm talking like this because uh, <clears throat> not only uh, did, was my Sexy Liberal panel, you know, like uh, Chippendale Sexy Liberal with all the hot man meat, mm -hmm. but uh, Cameron Hughes, also hot man meat, as you know, has opened up my palate. Like no man ever has, gently, lovingly. You could have gotten some, taken some of the champagne and had like a champagne room backstage with all those hot male yeah. panels. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, I, okay, speaking of sparkling, how about the uh, Lot 620 sparkling? I'm telling you, these are award-winning wines for half the price. That is a great sparkling. I've been trying all kinds of stuff. I just got a Petit Bordeaux, a Grenache Blanc, a Grenache from Spain, a, a, my beloved Pinot, Mor Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. You got that Pinot Gris that was only I got $12. A Pinot Gris, yeah, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm telling you, these here's what he does. Cam goes for the best bottles, uh, best wine, bottles it, keeps his sources secret. That's how he passes all that savings direct to you, often saving you 40 to 80% off what you'd pay for the same wine at retail. Oh, that God, that gets me excited. Okay, try one of the new six sampler packs, the Luxury Mix Sampler or the uh, Elegant Red Sampler. Uh, ama amazing, amazing prices for amazing wines. Cameron Hughes, all about what's in the bottle because his name's on every bottle mm -hmm. with just a lot number. You will be blown away at the fantastic quality and the fantastic prices. For a limited time, save up to 15% off with one of the new Radio Mix Sampler Packs plus free shipping. Go to chwine.com slash Stephanie or text my name, Stephanie, to 511-511. That's 15% off the Already amazing prices and free shipping. What? chwine.com slash Stephanie. Do it now. And now, back to happy hour. Can I just say that this panel has turned me entirely straight from the top of the show <laughs> where the porcini penis turned me completely gay. Um, but this is why we love these guys, right? Because I keep saying... They talk with such passion and urgency, and how can anybody fucking be calm? There is a Russian asset lunatic traitor with the nuclear codes. Like, yeah, why but... is everybody so calm? Well, uh, because people are gaslighted. They have what-the-fuck fatigue, but I'm really inspired. I mean, I, what, what I saw at the Women's March, what I saw when I took my little kid to the anti-Muslim ban march in Battery Park, New York City, when I see the judicial branch giving us a civics lesson in balance of powers, when I see TV newsreaders becoming actual journalists. And with Kavanaugh, it is so sinister because he's not up to be a Sakotis judge. He's up to be Trump's human shield. And you've got President Rich Boy grabbing by the pussy, nominating uh, Judge Rich Boy attempted rape, and all these white men on the Republican committee are going to be approving this. And I think that's why our, our only hope is for a demographic that we don't really give too much credit to, and that is the women who are the mistresses of Republican male senators. Um, and what I mean by this is, ladies, it's time to take one for the team. Um, I know some of you are here. Every mistress has to tell her GOP Senator Sugar Daddy that you are pregnant the night before the Kavanaugh vote. And ladies, you know what I've asked you to do. 
right? If we want if we want them to finally regulate guns, we have to put all of them in our vaginas. And I'm not <laughs> kidding because some of us Catholic virgins are only going to be able to take pea shooters. Some of you gals that have had a lot of kids are going to have to take the AK-47s <laughs> for the fucking team for America. Who's with me? You know, Darryl, Steph, you know Stephanie, Darryl, I had a career once. I really did. <laughs> Daryl, you know what's interesting? You were talking a lot about, I mean, obviously, like, every president's loved you. You get invited to the White House. This is the first White House we've had where everybody says, no, you fucker. <laughs> like, we don't want to go, whether it's sports teams. I mean, how do you feel about that? Because you've always kind of been <clears throat> straight up the middle. I mean, I always tried to be... <clears throat> um, it really, you know, cost me a lot with this president because uh, that's not what's out there uh, down the middle or benefit of the doubt. You know, in Jacksonville, I'm warned from the audience, I'm going to get my ass beat if I keep going. Okay? In Hollywood, I have 25 people at the Melrose Improv shouting, fuck Trump. No middle. No middle right now. No middle. You know, there's this... Part of the world that is terrible and ter fear him so much. There's this other part that thinks he's going to put the stars back where they belong. I mean, and you didn't, we didn't, and people would say to me, well, I didn't know there was that kind of people out there and that sort of thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't know it was that much. But this is missionary zeal. Yeah. This is yeah. this is for kids. Yeah. And, and if they lose or get knocked down or something happens to their man, I, I, I don't you know. fear. I, I, yeah, so Malcolm does Malcolm. Can speak to can that I, maybe. Can I say hello? I like one to ask special Malcolm what he thinks about that. One special person in the audience. My big sister Libby's here. My big sister's here. Where is she? Beautiful. Former Goldwater girl. Former Goldwater girl. Republican. She was the first person that sent me Tom Steyer's need to impeach petition. <laughs> but you know, Libs, I know you do this. And Malcolm, you and I have talked about this because we're good friends. Whenever I come here, you guys, I do the two-hour. I do all the monuments. I go see my dad's old office building in Congress. He's buried in Arlington. And honestly, Malcolm, we've talked about this. You've been a lifelong Republican. It hurts my heart. We, you, you, your tweet made me cry when McCain died, and I said I cried because it felt like the death of decency in my dad's party. And, and it just, it, it's, it really is, you, you feel this so deeply, don't you? You're yeah, a patriot, man. I, I do. Um, uh, and I know you guys, if you listen to the show, you've heard it a hundred times. My family has fought in every war consistently from 1864. I have a niece who's in the Navy now who was, she was just in combat off of Yemen last year, all right? Every Nan's father and son down to my niece has been in the armed forces. And we don't, this, there wasn't, this, this, this wasn't an, this wasn't a Democrat versus Republican thing. You know, the only reason I was a Republican is when I went into the military. They said, they literally told us this at boot camp, Republican or Democrat, when you register. And they said, put Republican, everybody in the military is. And I thought, I didn't think about it until the Clinton impeachment, when they were like, oh yeah, we're going to impeach him for a BJ. And I thought, 
wait, we're doing that? <laughs> I'm in the Navy. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm getting impeached. But the key point to this story is there was no I will fight for only the Republicans. I will fight for only the Democrats. We defended the nation because no matter what stupid opinion you have, we fight for the right for you to have that stupid opinion. But now, but that's been weaponized in this city. And you know, I'm sorry, I, you know, I won't stand for it. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm just an old chief in the Navy, and if you know that, that means we're just old, crotchety, pissed off guys, but we're the technical experts. And we are supposed to be here under the banner of e pluribus unum, from many, one. And these people don't believe it. Then we've got a president that doesn't believe that anymore. And we together, Republican, Democrat, Independent, are all Americans. And I believe that, even from the guys that voted for Trump. But they just don't see it anymore. And we're the ones who are going to have to wrestle government out of their hands. I tell you, yeah, one I mean, of the factors in my big sister can tell you, has anyone else felt like they lost a friend or family member politically to Fox News? Where I, I just, and I love my 95-year-old Trump voting, Fox News watching Republican mom, and I, you know, but we've lost a whole era. We can't talk about politics, right? It, it's, you it's, can't, I mean, he's, she's like, oh, Steffi, he loves this country. He's doing the best he can. It's, it's, and it's, I, literally, I try not to, Charlie, but then the last time I was like, he's going to fucking jail, mom. <laughs> oh, Steffi, why do you have to work so blue? <laughs> well, if he wasn't such a fucking asshole traitor, I wouldn't have to, would I, mom? They had, it's sorry, funny, Malcolm's story, you know, uh, the sec, I think it was 2013, I got invited to the White House Correspondents' Christmas Party, which is quite a thing, actually. Uh, and you line up uh, to meet the president. So we lined up to meet President Obama and his wife. Uh, and, uh, you know, we met the president. We walked out, and I thought to myself, my grandmother was a shepherd. I'm not kidding. She was a shepherd in North Kerry in Ireland. She... By the way, shout out to Ireland for saying they don't want any part of the president. Uh, keep that fucking muck savage on your own side of the pond. Uh, anyway. They're all staying to drink with us at the meeting. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so I walked out, and, you know, my, my grandmother was a shepherd. She came over on, on the SS Simric in 1909, uh, married a, you know, a guy who, my grandfather, was being sent to the seminary by his parents. And he didn't want to be a priest. So they sent him to the seminary in Tralee. And he would take the bus to Tralee and sit in the bus station all day and then come home. They didn't know. <laughs> Until it became time to take the first vow. And he said, gee, I have this cousin in Worcester, Massachusetts who's on the fire department. Let's see what he can do. So my grandfather comes over. He, he works for a year and a half, gets hired on the Worcester police force, with no training, no meritocracy, my eye, was because his cousin was on, the, was on the fire department. They raised five kids, including my dad. My dad goes to Catholic school, goes to Holy Cross, enlists in, in, in World War II, 
does convoy duty in the North Atlantic for two years, and then he's on a destroyer in the Pacific. Comes home, gets the GI Bill to go to graduate school, gets uh, a GI mortgage, uh, goes to grad school, becomes a teacher. He always said, because of what he saw through the binoculars at Okinawa, he said he wanted to be around children for the rest of his life. Works 35 years for the public schools in Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm a child of big government, and I'm proud of it. And a, and, a, and a country, I'm sorry, in a, and there are problems with the institutions, there's problems with, this, with our citizenship. Uh, we take too, far too much for granted, we've taken far too much for granted for too long. But a country where a shepherd's grandson in one generation can wind up in the White House is worth protecting. Charlie, in honor of your Irish heritage, I'm going to break out my Conor McGregor impression and say, <laughs> Donald Trump and Republicans, you'll get fucking nothing. That's what you're going to get, fucking nothing November 6th. <laughs> fucking nothing. <laughs> All right, Daryl? I figure my grandmother's at 78 RPM right now. Fernand, let's talk about, you and I have talked about Hurricane Maria, I mean, talking about diversity and about, we talked about Hurricane Maria, we've talked about, like, you tweeted this week, how ridiculous this has gotten, that they have to parrot the president's lies and conspiracy theories that 3,000 people didn't die, right? That, that you had this, whatever that guy's name is that's going to get fired, right? The FEMA guy saying, oh, well, people will die of spousal abuse, like, What? <laughs> What kind of upside-down world are we in? I mean, we're in a world where they are defending the indefensible. And, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we're all here tonight. We're all out together. We're all laughing because, you know, you got to keep your guest gallows humor uh, in this very horrible environment we find ourselves in. But we cannot make the mistake of underplaying the threat of what we're dealing with. You know, I've spoken on my podcast with I bring on experts that understand autocracies, they understand authoritarian governments, and all of them, Stephanie, say the same thing. Because I ask them, how bad is it? And what they say is, stop taking them in any sort of good faith, because it's all bad faith. We are now in the last line of defense. The last line of defense is we the people. There is a sense that because the economy is good and the institutions are strong. Thank you, Obama. Thanks, Obama, right? Thanks, Obama. But there is a feeling that because the institutions are strong and the economy is great, it'll be fine. And what we need to understand is it's not going to be fine unless we do what we have to do and vote in huge numbers. And recognize, to your point, yeah. everything they're going to say is a lie. This is an uh, illegitimate president put in under auspicious circumstances, and you have to assume that that's what their every move is about. Well, Malcolm, you tell us... You tell us um, almost every week, Shouty McShoutface, that, um, we're at that, point. that we're, we are very close to a Benedict Arnold moment in this country. And to a lot of us, it feels like we've been there, whether it's Helsinki or elsewhere. But 
how, how do you break down this Rosenstein story? Because you have Laura Ingram saying, time to fire Rosenstein. You have Hannity saying, under no circumstances, fire anybody. What the fuck is happening? Like, what, we, we already feel like we're in the constitutional crisis, but what do you think is happening? Well, we are in the constitutional crisis. I mean, it's a slow-motion crisis. But let's be honest. Let's, let's understand what's going on here. Everybody in this audience knows it's your job to educate everybody else. What is happening is this man, it, the president, or Donald Trump, let me rephrase that. Uh, Donald you. Trump is caught in a criminal enterprise that is being dismantled. They are, Mueller is literally building a wall around him made up of the bodies of his co-conspirators who are turning on him. And he knows it. He sees what's happening. The end is coming. And by the end coming, he is going to have to either destroy the judicial system to stop this investigation, or he's going to do something rash. And I think that the New York Times article has now given him permission to destroy the Justice Department. But probably planted by him, right? It's, it's quite possible that it, it's been planted by him, or the FBI officers who are loyal to him. I don't know if you guys know it, but the rank-and-file FBI that he's talking about, they were all in the tank for him. I, I did a, I did a, a pre-election uh, panel with an FBI officer who was 1,000% in the tank for Trump, and he was talking to stock market investors. And I kept saying, are you, one of two things is, is going on here. We talked about Hillary Clinton. I said, are you a good investigative body? And he goes, the best in the world. And I go, explain to me how you can find nothing on a person for 30 years with unlimited investigation. Oh, well, she's just slippery. No, you suck, or she's Mother Teresa. John, but you've talked about, you know, that it goes to what Malcolm's saying, that Kavanaugh is the final piece of this. He's, it's not, you know, they could find someone just as awful, but a little less rapey and a little less... <laughs> Lie. Yeah, but that's but, not why but, he was but chosen. But it wouldn't be the guy that thinks the president's above the law, right? Yeah, that's why he was chosen. He was the human shield. He was the one guy who helped impeach Bill Clinton, then after eight years in the Bush White House, putting his fingerprints all over warrantless wiretapping, torture, and illegal invasion, and occupation, spying on American citizens. Suddenly, oh, no, no, we can't ever investigate a president. So every senator who votes for him is guilty of obstruction of justice because that's the fix. And yet I, I share, I, I share uh, an optimism because I have to. At this point, I think despair is privilege and you're not allowed to be a fucking cynic anymore because karma is going to build a wall around Donald Trump and make him pay for it. Fernand, I think that goes to something you want to tell us about tonight, right? I, I have a big announcement to make, and I need all of you all We're to, engaged. to understand. Um, tr truth be told, th there are two things. Everybody thinks there's one big thing on the ballot. There are two things on the ballot on November 6, 2018. One is Donald Trump. Everybody says Donald Trump. Donald Trump is on the ballot, Okay. You know what's on the other side of that ballot? Democracy. Democracy is on the other side of that ballot. And rest assured, 
If Donald Trump wins this election, democracy loses, and we may not get it back. So in that spirit, how, raise your hand if you're going to vote. Raise your hand if you're going to vote. All right. I'm a criminal. Raise both hands if you're going to vote twice. Right. Wait a minute. Raise your hand if you're get from Florida, up. right? Right? Yeah. Floridians. So, He's a convicted felon. Never mind. That, that's wonderful. But raise your hand if you're willing to do a little bit more for democracy. Raise your hand if you're willing to do a little bit more for America. Yes, please. President Kennedy, who is the reason I am here here today, he allowed my family to come and escape communist Cuba in 1962. He passed a law that allowed us in. That's what makes America great, allow people to come in. I was born with a debt to this country. All of us who are proud Americans feel the same way. So if you feel we need to fight for democracy and to save democracy, because that's what's on the ballot, Saturday, November 3rd, will all of you commit to marching for democracy? Will all of you commit to wearing blue and carrying an American flag and marching and spreading the word and saying, we are not going to allow Vladimir Putin and all of these people that are trying to take this country back for their own selfish interests to undermine what is ours? On November 3rd, we march for democracy, and on November 6th, we save democracy by having a blue wave come across the United States. Can I just tell you something? This night is so special to me, not just that all y'all are here, my big sister, but my father is buried right next to the eternal flame, to John Kennedy's eternal flame. And Malcolm Nance is a patriot. He has been out. If you've been reading Malcolm Nance, he tried to warn this country before the election. His book, The Plot to Hack America, was out before the election. The Plot to Hack Democracy, you've got to read it. And um, Daryl... Hammond, you've got to be his probation officer or something so that he can vote again. John Fugel saying, please let's do a GoFundMe for a penis reduction surgery. Charlie Pierce is perfect and needs nothing, but please, you will hear more about the March for Democracy November 3rd in every city. Let's get everybody together. Women's March, March for Our Lives, March for Families, all of us. Let's all of us march November 3rd for democracy. Could I have some patriotic music, please? Thank you. Before we go, I'd like my patriotic music. And a final thought from everybody. Daryl Hammond, convicted felon. (laughs) You can do it as any president, Um, just some final thought. How long does it have to be? Like 20, seconds. That, 20 seconds. I think that the, the, our country, it, it frightens me, but I'm really starting to accept the idea that this country could fall. Well, thanks, that, Captain Buzzkill. That, Charlie that, Pierce. <laughs> All right, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you're not done. But it doesn't have to. Yeah. Charlie Pierce, final thought. Well, I mean, Shakespeare Theater, right? Screw your courage to the sticking place. John Fugel saying. Well, it's never been conservative versus liberal. It's always been aristocracy versus democracy. It's Bush's third term going on here. And the worst part is going to be when we have to deal with the Trump Library and Museum after he's gone. What do you want to see, honey? The Hall of Russian Money Laundering or the Porn Star Exhibit? 
But keep in mind one thing. We've come so far, mansplaining is now in the dictionary because we are getting more moral every day. And some of you ladies don't really understand what mansplaining is. Explain um, that to me again. Can I, can I break it down? Okay. Mansplaining means of a man explaining something uh -huh. to a woman needlessly. I can't hear you. I have tips. Also known as patronizing. Do you know what patronizing means? Patronizing I don't. Is means... it like condescending or is right. it different? And, and do you know what you know what condescending means? Look at you, girlfriend. I'm an ally. Thank you. Fernando Armandi, tell us how to get involved in November 3rd. Well, it's as bad as you think it is, folks. The good news is we can all turn this around. We still have our voices. We still have our votes. We still have the power. November 3rd is the March to Save Democracy. Philadelphia is going to be the staging ground, but there's going to be marches all around the country where our 65 million strong. If you voted against this man, you can come out again and march. We're going to do it all together. November 3rd, we march. November 6th, we vote to save democracy in the United States. And mama, we trust. And mama, we trust. Malcolm Nance, Malcolm Nance, I can't find my pants. Final thought. <laughs> All right, it's time to get all shouty McShout face here. Well, I think Fernand is, 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 is called for something that is just brilliant. And if you, it hasn't absorbed and hit you yet, he's talking about a national mobilization. Every one of you, every person who wants to save this country, you have to come out 72 hours before the election and you have to give not a visual of this blue wave by wearing blue. He told me about it tonight. Let me tell you, we're on a stage. I'm going to give you my last quote that I had in my book from the, from the musical Hamilton. We're, we are outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered, outplanned. We got to make an all-out stand. Hey, yo, we're going to need a right-hand man. That's you. You are go the only ones who can save this nation. Only you. You must save democracy. Please join our co-partner in Sexy Liberal Blue Wave Tour, needtoimpeach.com. Need to vote. Tom Steyer, you need to vote. Please join us all. If we create this blue tsunami, it's going to drown that orange motherfucker. And it's his, his words, I say, God bless the United States. God bless you, D.C. Good night. God bless America. God bless you, D.C.